Hello and welcome to She Says Says, the drum podcast in partnership with Frank and Lively and Scramble Studios. My name is Sunu from The Drum, your host today. With me, I have Visha from Google and Laura from Karmarama, both from Futures Network, a women's alumni group for Wackle Future Leaders Award winners. And our topic today is benefits of mentoring and the challenges of women in business today. But as I have two of the most honest, eloquent, and extremely chatty young women I know in the industry, I would like us to explore some big questions and hard choices that are often left out of polite conversation. So what we're really going to tackle is Girl Power taking over Harvey Nichols, its rebrand for women's empowerment. And all of this amidst coming up to a year as the one year anniversary of the New York Times article exposing Weinstein's alleged misdeeds approaches. So welcome both. And can you tell us very briefly what you do? Well, hello, I'm Visha. I work um, at Google and I work in uh, ads marketing. Hi, my name's Laura Vipond. I'm Group New Business Director at Karmarama, a creative agency. Welcome both. Thank you. Um, Now, we are obviously going to be talking about mentoring. I was talking to a few colleagues about this the other day, and uh, someone piped up to say that mentoring women, is it about rescuing them? And I just wonder whether because we are in the post-Weinstein era that we have reached that sort of stage of unintended consequences almost. Do you think that's what's happening? So I was having a think about the word rescuing and I think it just sort of comes across from the perception of the person. So who is it that is mentoring and why is it giving off that perception that it's about rescuing? So women mentoring other women doesn't usually come across as rescuing. Usually it's about I've been there, I've seen the challenges, I want to help you, I want to help the next generation flourish. But equally we do need male mentors in our lives and they we we all you know we live in a we should be as inclusive as we possibly can and every business should be but quite often i suppose it it may come across if a male figure is um mentoring a female and the conversation is only one way so the value given is only one way it may come across as if you that there is a rescuing element attached to that but i think Equally, as we learn from men, men need to learn from women as well. So if there is a sort of a shift in that value exchange and making sure that people are sharing their, you know, challenges, then I think it becomes less seen as rescuing and seen more as mentorship. Do you think it's more about sort of role model positive behaviours? because mentoring in itself sort of almost seems like a word which which needs to be rescued in, in, in itself in this day and age. Yeah, mentoring is a hugely positive exercise. So it's about helping people in senior positions empower those beneath or even peers around them. So absolutely, it's getting that amazing exposure to people at the top of their careers who are absolutely role models. Um, And yes, I think we always need more positive role models in our industry. We obviously know there's a huge gender discrepancy at the top. And so if you don't have that access and exposure to senior women especially then you are a a disadvantage because you're not learning from them to the point about whether there's a difference between male and female mentors um, they both bring very different things so depending on what you're looking for what your challenges are where you're trying to find value in mentoring you're going to get different perspectives from different people so you should be able to find mentors anywhere Uh, it doesn't matter if they're male or female you're going to get value from that regardless 
So let's talk about celebrating women, you know, something I, I absolutely loathe. Because we've got Holly Nichols now, so Harvey Nicks has decided he's going to rebrand as Holly Nichols to celebrate women. What do you two think? Do you, do you think the gender needs to be celebrated? Or is, is, is this almost the next step after mentorship? So what I really liked about that campaign was the fact that they used quotes from really empowering women and they put quotes around across the pavement. I think that was really quite a positive thing to see because I don't, I'm not sure how many women get to see really positive um, role models. So actually kind of plastering them out there and kind of seeing, hey, you know, Hillary Clinton's, you know, a female leader. You know, we need more business leaders, more people that are kind of putting their foot forward to be celebrated for their business minds more than, um, hey, we're, we're female. It's not about that. It's, it's about your skill sets and what you bring to the table. Surely this is just another PR stunt. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of brands getting on the bandwagon, um, but I guess taking a step back and being less cynical... Generally, it's going to be a good thing, isn't it? Brands kind of <laughs> raising awareness of uh, female co-founders. I think it was Anne Harvey, not Holly Harvey, but the yes. alliteration yeah. works, sure. <laughs> um, but I think I would have been more, potentially more impressed by that sort of name change if it was for a more traditionally blokey brand. I mean, Harvey Nichols is a shopping uh Geared up to women. Geared up to women. So, if it was a kind of another brand that's more traditionally associated with a a very male leadership or a very male brand, then that would have been a bit more interesting. Maybe trying to change their their audience a bit or just look a bit more progressive, I guess. The, the thing about being progressive is that we talk, especially in our industry, we, we talk a lot about empowering ads, empower, empowering businesses that break the mould. That takes me on to the next thing about the, this a whole conversation about uh, Holiday's weight and her being on the cover of Cosmopolitan in, on, in the October issue. The, the thing that really strikes me is that there is never, ever any noise when we have overweight men on the covers of GQ or other men's magazine. But there is an overweight women and we are all talking about this shift from very thin women to much larger women. I just wonder, you know, nobody's a bigger culprit of, of the whole stereotypes than advertising as an industry. I wonder what your experience or what your thoughts are on this. Yeah, I think there's two two elements to that for me. So one is uh, Holiday on the front cover of Cosmopolitan. The the backlash to that actually was all of the comments that were left and, and Piers Morgan and Twitter and all of that. That was the public reaction to that front page, uh, which you don't get, like you said, to the front pages of um, magazines with larger blokes on. So again, that's a more cult, that's a bigger cultural perception challenge there that we've got in terms of how the public respond to front pages like that in terms of stereotyping in our in our industry I think we have come on um, light years since when I first joined the industry 10 10, 12 years ago in the way that we are approaching briefs within creative departments there is so far to go obviously but we are we are making inroads for sure in the production post uh, process in the way that we're casting in the way that we're just writing creative briefs so yes we're getting better but long way to go (laughs) tackling those stereotypes I actually really liked it. So I liked the fact that I saw um, a slightly larger woman on a front cover of a magazine. And it might be because of the fact that I'm actually sometimes, you know, you, you, you kind of, you 
question yourself quite a lot, I think, you know, taking it a little bit personal, but joining Google, I think I've, I've definitely, that Google stone is not a myth, it exists. <laughs> so I am... Um, what is Google stone? That's the first time hearing. That is, yeah. that is when very greedy people like me get a bit carried away in the canteen. The free food. Yes, the free food everywhere. Um, you know, so I think sometimes you do think about your body and who you are is a massive part of your confidence and how you stand on stage. Do you hide behind a lectern? Do you stand out and be proud? Are you conscious about what dress you wear to that awards event? Because, you know, I don't know, you, your, your stomach's sticking out and you haven't got the right spanks on or something like that. But <laughs> it just it just kind of, you, that your body image, it's just such a massive thing, especially for young women and just and just anyone in general. So I just really love the fact that she she was just sort of, there and just really proud of herself and I think it's awful that there's quite a backlash on that but mm. uh, I think it's just the nature of um, people having opinions and having the opportunity to have a microphone in front of them or a, or be in front of TV to be able to, to mm. talk about it but I think you know I think the more we have people just being themselves the more you feel comfortable being yourself from the perspective of, of Futures Network I'm slightly curious because obviously you are mentoring other women and it is all about uh, leadership or it is all about confidence. How much of that self-esteem body image, how, how much of that is still an issue amongst women who are coming into uh, our industry? So Futures is a group of women that have won the Future Leaders Award, as most people may know, and it's supported by Wackle and by NABS as well. So in some way, our own mentorship is kind of have quarterly breakfasts across the year and we invite senior women. They may be in Wackle or they may be outside of Wackle to come and talk to women. And it's, it's a very special environment because in some shape or form, because it's so intimate, people get to ask questions that they're quite scared to ask at events and and don't have a one-to-one connection with somebody they could ask questions like that too. So they become really quite personal. Within that environment, I think people do um, ask questions like, you know, how am I able to take someone out for a beer, a guy out for a beer, without it coming across as if I'm trying to take him out for a date? Whereas, you know, men usually can say, do you want to go to the, have a pint in the pub? So, you know, dealing with those kind of very um, important issues as well, like how we can sort of go about our day jobs, that comes up quite a lot. In terms of the mentorship programme we set up, we've sort of set it up because we, we know firsthand that it's getting quite hard to kind of see yourself as a CEO. And actually, we know, the industry knows that CEOs, they're, they're, it's quite hard to find women that will, that will get into that position. There are so many challenges and sometimes when you go to a big event and you see a very senior woman on stage, like I, if I see like Karen Blackout on stage, I'm just like, God, you're bloody amazing. How do I become you? I, you feel so far away from me. And actually, you know, hearing her insights are fantastic, but I'm, I'm just too, I'm just too far apart from it. And that becomes, I just, I can't see myself getting there. One of the brilliant things about the mentorship was the fact that we could actually pair people up with brilliant women like Karen like I I sat with Karen and had an hour with her and I really got to ask her lots of questions and I really got to understand how I could rethink myself and what her challenges were and and things that I just didn't expect to even hear and it's made me really think about where I want to go next or how I'm what I should be doing my own job at the moment 
It's that sense of accessibility, isn't it, where you think that women like Karen Blackett also might have bad hair days or, or would be sitting in the pyjamas yeah. uh, watching Coronation Street. Uh, I bet she doesn't. I bet she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, it's yeah. having that access to, to women like that to be able to understand and, and get that inch closer. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah having that, that access and making everything feel a bit more attainable is really is really powerful and um yeah we've been we've been talking about mentoring as just being a sort of secret weapon or a not so secret weapon for for women because i feel like it's been one of those unspoken things that maybe men down you know back through the years have always had and it's great that we're kind of building connections between women in middle management those future leaders and people at women at the top of their career and it's been it's been massively successful but back to your point about the kind of topics or the challenges that young women are facing we we hear confidence as probably being the the biggest one mm. we we've done events on how to get your voice heard if you're an introvert how to you know have gravitas in meetings how to understand your your leadership style lots of things like that and they're always so so um popular with our with our membership so they're challenges i think that a lot of women are facing and just hearing how yeah like i said you know what women at the top of their career address those challenges really practical tips has been has mm. been amazing do you ever discuss things like you, you said confidence do you ever th- discuss things like especially this generation is all about being uh, seen being on social media so the current debate over that girl in the Listerine ad I just wonder whether that brings up all those issues, whether it is about self-esteem, whether it is about confidence, whether it is about how do you present yourself, whether it is on social media, it is at work, it is it is outside of work. Is that something that you address? I think there's a difference for sure between how men and women are perceived to present themselves. I think that it's quite a gendered issue. I think that men can just wear the same thing in a day in, day out, but women are judged far more on their appearance. Absolutely. I think that's... Um, I, 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 do you know what? It's really funny, actually, because like, this is... You're right. People are judged on their appearance quite a lot. And I, I, I never really thought about that until I sat with Sue, Yuneman from Mediacom who was, I was just thinking of her. she was brilliant and um, it was quite funny because it was a hot day and I just sort of rocked up to her office wearing like a long like summery like dress with like ballet pumps and she just looked really uber cool wearing like glitter boots and stuff and um, we ended up getting a discussion in a discussion about confidence because you know people who know me I'm I'm quite I love chatting to people but if you put me in front of a stage or in front of people I literally just I will just go still and just freak out. So I went to go see her and she was really, really amazing. And she just talked to me, uh, talked to me about things like posture, things, simple things about uh, how you sit, where you put your hands, how you, and, and how that makes you feel and, and how you can gather attention because of it. And I just thought it was amazing insights. But she also talked, she also said, um, questioned my ballet pumps, which was quite fair enough to say that, and just said, you need to be taken more seriously and no one gets taken seriously in ballet pumps. And then I looked at her glitter boots and I thought, hmm, maybe she's got a point here. <laughs> so, um, and actually my boss, um, so Nishma Rob, like if you know who does love a bit of glitter oh god and gold trainers um hence my gold trainers today so she's rubbing off on me but you know when when nish walks in a room she does you know get great attention and you want to listen to her i want to hear from her what she's got to say because 
you know, it's your presentation of how you look can also, again, play a massive part in how you feel because you feel good. You will speak, you know, you'll speak well. But do you not feel that that it's, it's, it's quite unfair that we are being judged on whether we are wearing ballet pumps or, or glitter boots? Because I got a comment um, at an industry event last night about my grey hair because I'm, I'm rocking my grey hair now, saying... Love it, oh, love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much because I was, I was called rather brave uh, <laughs> to be sporting this look. So it's, 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 it's not because I'm brave it, it, it is what it is and I, 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 I just wonder whether it, it is as you said a, a gendered issue that people do feel almost compelled to talk about how we look or what we wear you would never say that I wouldn't you know no one would dare say that to a man who's got grey roots I, yeah I, I hate that we're judged on how we look um, really acutely I think it's so sad that if you're wearing killer heels into an important meeting you'll get listened to you know more than if you're wearing your trainers I think that's so sad but that is where we are and in Sue Uniman's book The Glass Wall I think it is yeah. there are loads of stats backing that up so with I don't know whether it goes down to you know makeup and hair and the colour of your clothes they all come with connotations and they all do make an actual difference so you know does it go back to that dress for the job that you want or you know all that kind of stuff I just think there's a we can't avoid it and it's a place that we're in at the moment it would I'd love if it was different and we didn't have to worry about what we wore every day but for sure I'll look at my diary and think what have I got on today what kind of what kind of frock do I want to put on or on you know or whatever depending on the kind of meetings I've got Yes, it's like that debate on Twitter about whether or not women should be doing their makeup on on train. Uh, Oh, God, yeah. I I don't know how they do it, but I think it's a massive... I think it's a skill because I tried to write in a taxi and my hands were all over the place. Oh, I'm brilliant at it, which is the reason why I don't look good because clearly I can't do my makeup, train or otherwise. I don't know. I just think, like, when it comes to dressing for the part you play, I mean, I, I, I don't usually agree with it. I mean, if... Obviously, there's a podcast, so no one can look at me today. But usually, I spend most of my time trying to look cool so I can fit into good. Are you saying you actually didn't dress up for my podcast? I did. I wore glitter, tra- glitter trousers. Of course, you did. Um, but I think you know, it does go down to like, what's what do you want to say personally in that environment that you're in? So you know, yeah. like Laura looks fantastic today. So um, uh, the first thing I noticed was that how you great you look. I got shot. Yeah. Da- I got shot down this morning. Actually, <laughs> a lady said, "You don't have children, do you?" <gasps> oh, terrible. That's that's a whole other debate. That's, yeah. a, that's, whole, a, whole, that's a whole other podcast. podcast yeah. Um, so obviously, both of you are very young. Uh, I just wonder, you know, going back to to uh, mentorship or sponsorship, whatever you might want to call it. I believe that this generation's hunger for different experiences increases that need for mentors because. If you are trying to prepare, um, especially young people for the future of business, you need to give them some sort of direction and feedback, and therefore mentorship becomes ever ever more critical. I just is the advertising marketing industry doing enough to school young people of all those different um, possibilities? I have a personal view on this. I'm not quite sure about that. I'm not quite sure that there's enough mentorship included in your your regular day job because a lot of young people absolutely need feedback all the time. I need feedback all the time. But I think we have busy lives. Our managers have busy lives. Their managers' managers have busy lives. And actually what becomes the the priority always ends up being 
let's hit our KPIs, let's get our job done. But I think what gets lost along the way is actually coaching and supporting. So I'd quite like someone to tell me if I'm sitting in a meeting and I've presented, I quite like them to tell me after, like, I would have done it this way or that looks great. But, you know, what you could do for next time is this. And it doesn't take a lot of work. It just takes um, somebody caring enough. I I definitely, definitely think that our industry needs to do much more to keep developing people as they move through their careers. I think that people move from managerial roles into leadership roles without any real coaching to help educate them how to really do that. So, you know, it's going to create generations of leaders that aren't then helping build leaders beneath them as well. So it's understanding what it takes to not just yeah manage teams but be inspirational and have a vision and have a purpose and bring people along with you so for sure Vish to your point about feedback I think we can always have more feedback for teams and, and helping people progress and I think that it's either done through a form you know a structured way in that everybody gets assigned mentors or assigned coaches but also it should just be more of a cultural shift within within businesses so that um, people are learning all the time um, and developing in their careers. Yeah, definitely. I think also, with especially with millennials, um, they are uh, job hopping a lot more than you know their parents were. They, people are less loyal to businesses, and it is because of the fact they don't find they don't have that value, the purpose, a uh, uh, purpose and a connection, and it just becomes a job. And you know, given the fact that most of us spend most of our lives at uh, in our workplace, you know, we need it to be a lot more. We need it to be fulfilling, and mentorship is just a, such an important way to to do that. I think. Yeah, and our experience with the FLA program mentoring is that it allows women to talk through and find solutions to problems that they're having. So. You know, like you said, you know, millennials or people are moving around in their careers much more. But actually, if you're able to sit down and get objective advice from somebody that's been there and done it and has got their own experience, they can, they can, you know, help you with your problems. Then it's, you know, coaching people to work through them and stay within their roles and just find better ways of doing things. So what what top tip would you give to uh, a mentor and a mentee? Well, I think for a mentor, I would say find some time and offer offer yourself um, as well because I don't think a lot of people know that um, a lot of people may not realise that uh, the person that they work very closely with may actually want, would be really in- enthusiastic about mentoring them. So asking from a mentee point of view, asking, ask somebody to mentor you and definitely do that. And from a mental point of view, you know, accept because I think there's a lot of work being done, especially from like from various different um, networks out there, you know, Michael being one of them, you know, Working Girls and various other networks as well. There's a lot of there's a lot of talk about we need to help the next generation we need to create a movement we need these women to go up the ranks but actually if you're not giving up your time and helping we're not actually creating a bit of a change are we we're not closing that gap or, or making it making it easy for them yeah I think top tips for mentees would be really think about that time that you've got with uh, your mentor so come prepared think about where you want where you want them to help you so that you can really make the most of the time 
um, because it's so easy just to have meandering conversations um, that don't really go anywhere. So if you come with three things that you're desperate for a point of view on, um, and then what I've always um, suggested is after that session, just follow up with these are the things that you suggested or this is the advice that you gave me and I'm going to have a think about it. And you've got it in writing then and you can always go back to it for a reminder, but it's just sort of locking it in and it just makes it much more um yeah much more useful session for you and then for mentors it's so easy to to jump in with um your your own experience and your your advice which is of course what the sessions are for but just making sure you balance that with listening enough to um the mentee and almost there's always going to be a coaching element of helping them get to the right solution and not assuming that they're going to necessarily always take your advice but you need them to work it out for themselves so obviously offer your your experience and your suggestions but um, be aware that it's probably a journey and they're, they're just absorbing lots of advice from different places yeah I, I would also say do not treat it like a therapy session this is not your time to go in and, and have a rant about my boss is not doing this for me or, or whatever this is like a real opportunity to kind of getting you in some way you're realigned you know you're sort of set up set on the right path because sometimes you can wallow if you're not you, if you're not happy in your job or you're not happy with your the guidance you're getting you kind of start to get into god do you know what it's their fault they're not good enough or i don't know what he's got he's got a problem with me i don't know what it's and then sometimes someone hasn't sort of given you that outside objective mm. like a bigger opinion, picture bigger for picture sure. mm completely that yeah um, I think that's one of the biggest things that she mentals add is just that thinking bigger thinking bigger in your career thinking longer term pulling you out of that like quagmire of the day to day and just yeah. being like have you thought about this have you thought about this this seems like an amazing opportunity and just that, ob- that looking at it from a completely different point of view or what is so next valuable is what next and it's that I think that's the secret weapon element that is that you're not going to get from either peer-to-peer mentor actually you could get a peer-to-peer mentoring but it for sure that's a secret weapon i think yeah, for women definitely yeah. well thank you both thank you visha and and and, and thank you laura thank you. thank you for this uh, absolutely wonderful chat the next chat is over a glass of wine i can promise you that uh, and also thank you to our partners she says in scramble studios uh, and listeners thank you very much to you as well keep tuning in bye-bye